Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Spirit, one God, Amen. As we're gearing up for the Feast of St. Mary, and today's gospel and all the readings of the church today, starting from Vespers last night, are really giving us a strong insight or sort of image into the heart of God, into the mission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Last night we read the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And the Pharisee walks in and he prays, he stands at the front of the church and, or the synagogue and he feels righteous about himself because he does what is his job, what is expected of him. He's called to pray, that's his job, that's his role. And he stands in the holy places and then this tax collector walks in. And the tax collector walks in And he does not dare even to lift up his eyes to God. But he knows his brokenness. He knows his sinfulness. He knows how much he's fallen short. But he beats on his chest and he says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And that's why we know when we, in liturgy, ever see Abuna, when he's saying, uh, according to your mercy, O Lord, and not according to our sins, he beats on his chest, right? Because he wants to embody the spirit of the tax collector who beat his chest. The Pharisee looks back at this tax collector and says, thank God I'm not like that guy. Thank God I'm not like that guy. He doesn't look within himself to see that he maybe is falling short. Then you read the gospel of this morning. And it says, after these things, he went out and saw a tax collector. I think the first thing that stood out to me as I was reading this passage is the Lord sees this tax collector. He sees him. He sees that his condition that he's in is not what he really wants to be. He doesn't want to be an enemy of the Jewish people. He doesn't want to be hated by all. He doesn't want to be a betrayer. He doesn't want to be someone in which when people walk by him, they want to like spit on him. Jesus sees him. He sees him. He sees him in his potential. He sees what he can be. He doesn't see where he is in his current state of brokenness. And I think for all of us, the Lord sees us. The Lord sees our potential. He sees what we can be. He sees the saints in every single one of us that is being created if we participate in his life. And it says that he knew him by name, Levi, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. Scandalous. This is scandalous. Like this is, like you know the Egyptian, like no way, no way, Jesus, are you going to call Levi? This is This is the worst of the worst. 
This is, imagine, take your image of the most outcasted person in our society today, walking into our church, and then Abuna coming and taking that person and saying, I'm going to make you the head of service. I'm going to make you the head of service. I'm going to make you stand here as a deacon and lead all the ministries of the church. But look at Matthew's response. I love this. I love this. So he left all, rose up, and followed him. In every tax collector, all there is is the voice of the Lord that needs to call them. In every person that's far off, all it needs is a follow me. Oftentimes, the people that are far off, we don't encourage them to be followers of Jesus. We say you are too far gone. We say you are hopeless. But don't we say in the litany of the gospel, you are the life of us all, the hope of us all. In the litany of the, of the sick, we say you are the hope for the hopeless. Levi is the hopeless, according to our standards. But when he sees... The Lord sees him and knows him by name. He knows his potential. So he left all, rose, and followed him. And look what happens when the person who encounters the Lord, what does he do? He gives a great feast in his own house. And there a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And the scribes and the Pharisees, again, go back to last night. The scribes, the Pharisees, complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink? with tax collectors and sinners? Why do you welcome these filth of the earth? These people aren't even human. These are the people that are outcasts. Why do you welcome them into your homes, let alone even be in their presence? And look at the Lord's response. That's why the Lord is fantastic. That's why Jesus is the best. Those who are well have no need of a physician. By the way, this is the scariest verse in the Bible to me. Who is well? Who doesn't need a physician? Which one of us in this room today can stand before God and say, I'm good? Can any of the Pharisees that were sitting in that room stand before the, the, the word of God, the logos, the one who created, the one who sees the hearts of all, can they stand before him and say, we are good, we have no need for a physician? But he says that to check them. He says that to check them. Those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick. St. John Chrysostom has a famous quote where he says, The church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. Somehow, somewhere, we have confused what the church is. We have made the church a place in which only holy people can enter into it. But when you look at this gospel today, who does Jesus dine with? He doesn't dine with the holy people, the holy people, the religious people. He doesn't dine with those who have the outward appearance of godliness. He dines with those who he sees recognize their need for a physician. And the evidence of his recognition of his need for a physician is immediately. What did he do? Immediately. He rose up, left all, and followed him, and then had a great feast. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. For me, this is a very, very challenging and convicting message. Because I look at the state of myself, and I think 
somehow we are constantly chasing after those who are righteous. Somehow we are trying to keep those who are in the church in the church. But y'all are already here. Like all of you are here. Like you're here because you want to be here. You're, you're here because you want to be in a relationship with the Lord. You're here because you came 6 o'clock in the morning to come and offer up worship before the Lord. How many of us have the heart of Jesus? How many of us have the heart of Jesus that are seeking after those who are lost? Seeking after those who are sick? Seeking after those who are far off and desire for somebody to just invite them to the hospital? Now many people will say, you know, the hospital... This hospital is filled with hypocrites. This hospital is filled with a bunch of people that, you know, are all, they're judgmental, they're critical, they talk, they say all this stuff. You don't go to a hospital because of the people that are in there. You go to a hospital because you're sick and you need healing. You don't go to a hospital because of the condition of the hospital. You say, I'm desperate, I'm in need of healing. And if only we can deliver that message to the world, telling them, listen, don't come here and look right or left. Come here and look at him. Come here and look at him whose arms are stretched open to every single one of us. Come and look at him, the one who is the physician. Because anytime you look right or left, you will find broken people. Because this is a hospital and all of us in here are broken. All of us in here have our shortcomings. All of us in here have our weaknesses. If only we can internalize that and come in every single week, every single one of us, me first and foremost, and recognize our desperate need for Christ. If we are desperate and we know our own brokenness, how much more will we invite others around us to the healing, beautiful embrace of the Lord Jesus Christ? Who did Levi go on to be? Tax collector, worst of the worst went on to be one of the gospel writers, went on to be the one who delivers the message of the Lord Jesus Christ to every single one of us. Every single one of us, when we read and we open up the gospel of Matthew, it's not written by a righteous person. It's not written by somebody who was deemed by the society as a good, righteous, godly person. He was deemed as an outcast, but the Lord saw past his brokenness. Do we have eyes to see past where people are? Do we have eyes to see every single person's potential? That coworker, that friend in school, that neighbor, do we see that person's potential? Do me, myself, do I see the potential that I can be in Christ? Do I believe that God loves me and his love is what can change me? If every servant saw people with the lens that Christ saw, what would the church look like? If every parent saw their child with the lens of Christ, what would their children look like? If every community saw their neighboring community and the brokenness of that neighboring community and tried to be healing agents to that community, what would happen? My fear is every single one of us, me again, first and foremost, this message is for me, is we get caught up in the church people, get caught up in us, our own inner circle, our own, but there are people out there that are in dire need of the message of the gospel. And when I myself am transformed by that message, when I myself have encountered how much the Lord loves me 
and how much he sees me and how much he cares for me and how much he's entered in my brokenness to take me to a place of wholeness. What's the natural response? I want to tell everybody and their mother. I want to tell everybody and their dog. I want to tell everybody and their friend's friend's friend about the beautiful Savior that I have encountered. My question is if Christ were to call us today and say, Abuna Elijah, follow me, would we leave all and follow him? And the evidence of that is he does say that. It's not a hypothetical. He asks every single one of us today, follow me. And what's the response of following? What do I need to leave behind? What's the thing that is hindering me from knowing him? What's the struggle that I have in my life that I feel is too far gone for me to be able to find healing in? This is the, this is the hospital. And in the hospital, there's healing. And he offers us medicine every single week multiple times a week, for us to come and to encounter him and to be healed from our inner brokenness. Believe me, believe me, believe me. The Lord doesn't care about the outward. The Lord doesn't care how you lift up your eyes and close them and put on the outward. The Lord cares about the heart. He sees the heart. And every time I encounter a person who longs to be in the encounter and the embrace of the Lord, oftentimes that's the excuse that comes. They say, Abuna, I'm not a church person. Church is for churchy people. And churchy people are judgmental. And churchy people are the ones that seem like they have it all put together. God forbid we are the hindrance from letting people enter into this church. God forbid that we are hindering people from finding healing. God forbid that I myself walk in and stand like the Pharisee and looks up to heaven and say, thank God I'm not like that guy. May we all look within our hearts today and say to the Lord, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. Give me new eyes to see the world with your eyes. Give me a new ears to hear what people say about other people and see, don't listen to it, put it through one ear and out the other and see the potential of a person. Whether that person was something, that person can become the next St. Matthew, the next St. Mary of Egypt. That's why we have on the left-hand side of this church here, you see the stories of repentance. You see St. Fotini, Samaritan woman, adulteress. You see Zacchaeus, terrible. You see St. Moses, a murderer. You see St. Mary of Egypt, a prostitute. We're not highlighting people who are righteous people. We're highlighting those who are broken and from their encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, he turned sinners into saints through their participation in his life. I pray that every single one of us today, every single one of us today, would take this message and would say, Lord, I'm not well. I'm not well. Like, I'm not well. I have, an, I have desperate need of a physician. That's why we say, That's why we say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, heal me. Eleison, by the way, the Greek word comes from the, the, the term olive oil. Oil, eleon. The oil is what was the modern day Neosporin. So we are saying to the Lord, Lord, I am in need of healing. You are my healer. You are my physician. So every single time we say, Lord, have mercy for the rest of this liturgy, don't say, I have no need of a physician. Say, I need you. I am in desperate need. I need a physician because there's so much within me, Lord, that none of these people see. You see it. But you don't see my brokenness. You see my potential. 
God doesn't see brokenness, he sees potential. God doesn't see where we are, he sees what we can be. So let all of us have that lens today to look around at the world and say, how can I be an agent to invite people into this hospital so that they can receive the same healing that I've experienced. And if I haven't felt the healing, today's the day. Today's a new moment. Every second is a new second. Every moment is a new moment. Every day is a new day. So don't let another day go by without the Lord calling you by name and saying, John, Abuna Elijah, every single one of us, each by name, follow me. And we say, I leave all to follow you. I leave all the things that are holding me back because I love you, Lord. Glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.